Macarriar to Stokes, who's onside! Welcome to another episode of the Saints FC podcast. Hooray! <laughs> um, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, once again to another episode of the Saints FC podcast. On my left-hand side of me this evening, I have Mr. Tom Parker. How are you, Tom? I'm good. I'm chipper. Upbeat. Feeling good. Excellent. We, I think we've got a, you know, a few reasons to be cheerful. We'll get through definitely we'll get through some of those um, in the podcast. Um, one of the, the reasons to be cheerful is that I'm going to get you a free crate of beer this evening. It's the best gift any man can yeah, ask for. So, so stay tuned for that. I know um, fans of the, the Saints FC podcast Wine Drinking Club. Uh, well, I mean, you, you might have to say that this is going to be our last episode with, with the wine for a little while, I think. So, I'm, Tom, I'm totally tell, tell, tell everyone what we're drinking tonight. So, you so know. this is a, a lovely Grand Reserva Castillo de Calatrava from the off-license opposite John's house, uh, $7.99. It's a temporary neo. It's a young grape. Uh, very enjoyable, but it won't be as good as free beer, John. No, it won't be as good as free beer. It won't be. And, and, and we'll get onto that in a, in a few moments. So do... Hold on for the details of how you can get your free beer. Um, as always, of course, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, you can do so saintsfcpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can contact us at saintsfcpodcast on Twitter. Um, you can find me occasionally popping into the Saints FC bit on Reddit, the Saints Web Forum, you know, basically where people are talking about Saints. We're, You're we're, omnipresent, we're, yeah, John. Kind of hanging around there. Um so, I mean, should we start with correspondence from the listeners or should we just get straight into the free beer and how on earth you get free beer? Let's tease people, correspondent, have some lovely feedback and okay. then go free beer, John. Okay, so um, let's start with an email um, which came from, uh, what's his name? Yeah, fiddles through papers here do, do, do. and it comes from daniel so ah, daniel, daniel, daniel yeah yes. daniel uh wrote in a little while back suggesting the nickname for pierre emil hoiberg as bergie bergie yep which is the best we've got at the moment um and he mentions that his uh, nine-year-old daughter listened to the podcast and thinks daniel is now famous now um so glad, yeah, fair glad enough. To have helped. and and she's also agreed to go to watch bernie away with him it's very brave, good. Brave I don't move. know what else a nine-year-old would be doing apart from going somewhere with her parents on a Saturday. Yeah. There you go. Um, so shout out to Daniel's daughter. Um, great to meet you. So you're famous as well, or at least to the thousand or so people that listen to the Saints <laughs> FC podcast. Um, another one which uh, I want to read out is uh, Jason Robwell. So Jason Robwell is the man behind the Northern Ireland Saints kind of Twitter um, feed. Uh, he had a right laugh at the Garth Crooks comments that we made in our, the last time we met up. Still angry about Garth Crooks. <laughs> um, apparently he and his younger brother have a running joke about the team of the week selection, selecting centre midfielders of wing backs. Sergio Aguero is an attacking midfielder, um, but the comments even more so. Um, I haven't looked at the team of the week since uh, our rant um, a couple of weeks ago. 
dip into that. Yeah. Um, also, he makes the point. So, so we asked people, and we've also got a poll, which we're going to be reading out the results of later. Yeah. Um, would people rather we finish 17th in the league, so, you know, out of the relegation zone, um, and not win the FA Cup, or win the FA Cup and get relegated? So, hypothetical question. Obviously, it doesn't really mean anything. But uh, Jason here, he actually voted for 17th. Um, and he thinks he should try and explain why. Um, he doesn't believe that we come straight back again, whereas we're perhaps feeling a bit more optimistic about that. Yeah. Um, and every time we sign somebody now, we're breaking our transfer record, which he thinks is exciting. And every transfer window brings about changes. And for the most part, at least until recently, improvement, you know, which is another good point. Um, if we get relegated to the transfer window, it just becomes a lot less inspiring. We inevitably lose our best players. Um, I think the disappointment that we didn't spend more of the Van Dyke money is evident. Yeah, totally agree with that. Um, but he reckons if we stay up in the summer, then perhaps we'll see a bit of reinvestment in that. And he thinks that this season would be a, a consolidation season, which some teams have. And he also thinks that, you know, with a bit of reinvestment, a bit of a relaunch of our squad, um, I might suggest perhaps a new manager, depending on how things go. Yeah. And we could be launching back into another four or five exciting years. It's uh, pretty well thought out there. Oh, it's optimistic. Yeah, it, it is optimistic. I suppose in one hand it's pessimistic because he doesn't think we'd get promoted straight away again, um, which is fair enough. A lot of teams don't. Yeah. Um, but, you know, on the other hand, quite optimistic that he thinks that with a bit of refreshing of the squad, we can do a lot better. Yeah, and uh, I think... It- there's the unknown motives of the man, the ownership of the club in terms of reinvesting that money. That's kind yeah. of still a, a grey area for many Saints fans. Yeah, and uh, I, you know, I get the point about the transfer window as well not being as exciting when you don't have the big bucks to spend. Um, and certainly when we went down to the Championship last time, you have the vultures circling around the likes of Theo Walcott, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, yeah. and they stayed for even less time than they do in the Nanoseconds, Premier Nanoseconds yeah. uh, in terms of some of those players, yeah. Um, so I get that point. Although we did sign Ricky Lambert in um, League One and, and that was a rather special it signing. Bit, it is quite more fun, isn't it, Championship? I mean, it, it's it a is, laugh at least. It is a good laugh. Um, also, the, the other thing as well. Premier League. Yeah. And, I mean, the, there's there's lots of negatives and positives about it, but like, obviously one of the negatives is just the, the lack of coverage. So whether that's yeah. like television, newspapers, just anything, there's hardly any yeah. coverage when, when you're in the championship or the lower leagues. Podcasts become even more important. Pod- <laughs> <laughs> it's a boon for podcasters. Yeah. Um, and, you know, perhaps this is also, well, Jason Dickey's also been in contact. He listens from the USA. And basically his point here is that if Saints get relegated he's going to find it very, very difficult to follow the Saints because championship games just aren't really... Yeah. FA Cup, that'll be it for him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and I think as well uh, for our other Jason, Jason Robwell, he's also based in Northern Ireland, so they probably, I don't, well... BBC. Yeah. But, it, uh, but yeah, you're not going to get much championship coverage, are you? No. And he's obviously not close enough to be going to Saints games regularly. It's understandable. Um, so, yeah. I totally get that. We'll we'll have the results of our our Twitter poll um, a bit later as well to see what the main theory of that is. So we've had a little bit of correspondence. Um, Do you want to find out about how to get a free crate of beer, Tom? Yes, I'd love that, please, John. Okay, so the Saints FC podcast have arranged with our friends at um, beer52.com a free crate case of craft beer for every listener. Very exciting. All you have to do, there is a catch, 
of course, there's a catch. Uh, you have to pay the postage. How much is the postage, John? So the postage is £5.95. Seems reasonable. Yeah. I mean, for a box of beer, beer is quite heavy. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. And um, what you'll, you'll get is you'll get an eight incredible craft beers, Ferment Magazine, and a snack. And I'm assuming Ferment Magazine is the magazine for craft beer aficionados. It's, it it's, like. it's a magazine about beer. Yeah. So you can drink your beer whilst reading your magazine about beer and eating your snacks. Right. It's an immersive experience. So in terms of the catches, because there there's always is a catch with this. So beer52.com, it is a subscription service. So what you do is you sign up, you get your free box of beer, and they only enroll you into one of yours in one of their subscriptions. But you don't actually have to stay with them. You can So you can cancel you, you if, can, if you, you wanted can, to. You can basically cancel immediately. Okay. So there it goes. Free box of beer. Um I would suggest, you know, get the box of beer at home, give it a taste, and then maybe decide whether you want to cancel it or not. And um, and who doesn't love beer, a magazine, and snacks? Yeah, mate. Eight beers for five ninety five. That's very reasonable. Anyway, so that's why the wine's going to be out next time we meet up. We're going to have a box of (laughs) beer from Beer 52. So if you want to get your free box of beer, courtesy of the Saints SC podcast and our friends at beer52.com, all you have to do is visit www.com. Beer, B-E-E-R, 52, that's the number 52, .com, forward slash Saints. All right. Do it, Saints fans. Yeah. And um, for those of you watching on YouTube, Tom is going to attempt to order a free box of beer whilst we're on this podcast. Just to show how easy this is. Yeah. So anyway, Tom, you, you can get on with that. crack on. And so I suppose now we're going to get on to the, the football. Does that sound like a good idea? Do you think you can multitask, Tom? Do you think you can order a box of beer and yeah, talk about football I'm, at the same I'm time? Pretty, I'm pretty confident I can do that. Okay. Right. So let's cast your mind back to about 10 days ago, so, I, I don't know, eight days ago. Eight days ago, yeah. eight, nine, yeah. And um, you know, we're sat here on the 20th of February, so we're going back to a week last Sunday. Um, and you invited me down to deepest, darkest South London. <laughs> I did, yeah. Um, an area that I don't normally venture off into too often. Um, to go to a pub where you had a nice spot next to the big screen in the I pub. I did, yeah, in a um, proper pub. Right next to a poster of the Titanic that loomed ominously over our table and our beers. There's a symbol there. <laughs> I think if there was one. And I think it was pretty symbolic because we saw Saints get sunk by Liverpool 2 now. Yeah. This is interesting. There's a lot of a theme there of the Titanic, you know, built in Liverpool, you know, it came down to Southampton to set God, yeah, forth yeah, from its maiden yeah. voyage and it loomed above us on sort on this table. Let down by, you know, what should have been one of our strongest points. Yeah, and um, uh, Pierre-Emile Hoy Iceberg. Iceberg, that works. Um, yeah. Dead ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think we should finish with the Titanic. Uh, it's, it's not going well there. It also didn't go very well for Saints. I mean, no. t- tell me about what happened in this game. Well, I feel uh, I've been a critic of, um, of Pellegrino. I, I think, uh, you know, many people have. But I think times like this kind of show the insanity of deciding to be a football manager. Um, he had a week with those players. He will have drilled them. He'll have told them everything they need to do. He put out arguably his strongest. I would say his strongest eleven, um, and then to see it, and you know, he, you can imagine he'll have said to them, "Look, 
they're these are amazing footballers going forward they're amazing they're gonna they will if it's given an opportunity to tear you to pieces just don't do anything that helps them to do that because they'll do it by themselves so just don't give them anything and then you know one of our most high profile experienced pros goes Dutch and, international Dutch international played in Syria goes and really just makes his second bad mistake of the game six minutes in and yeah. we get punished and it's the it's the ruthless efficiency by which we get punished which almost really stings I, d- I think that whole first half um was it was quite disappointing i think the way that saints set up and approached the game was pretty good so you know we set up well we we looked competitive in the first half and actually for the vast majority of the first half i thought we had the better chances i thought yeah. we had um you had more of the ball the difference was was the quality wasn't it you know is they they were able to do what they do and first off I think losing 2-0 at home to Liverpool is not a disaster you know I think what we managed to avoid was a an incredibly morale sapping 4 or 5 nil, which they've turned over much better teams than us this year by those sort of margins um, yeah we were outclassed and we were outplayed but so so would everyone yeah. um, but you it, it was just the ruthlessness you look we had like you know James Ward-Prowse trying to head it Caricho trying to get on the end of stuff they just get a chance and the quality they have, they just slice through us. And um, yeah, I, I don't think it, I don't think we should dwell on it for too long. I think it was a result we all probably thought was coming. Um, but I do feel sorry for Pellegrino because what, what more can he do apart from set those players up to do that and then, you know, to play well. And then one of them just totally again, by the way, with Hoyt, yeah. you know, how, I don't know how many times, I don't know how many goal scoring chances he's, direct mistakes I've had this season I can think of at least four off the top of my head uh, but you know again it happens yeah I mean the thing with like who is he's kind of looking a bit like Yoshida did in those kind of early days you know when he always knew that he would have a mistake in him and, uh, and know, Hoyveld that, before that yeah and, and that first goal just totally air kicked the ball I remember I was seeing kind of like Thierry Henry and all of that on Sky they were, they were chatting about um, oh, you know, look how well Liverpool have done. They've broken really quickly. But the fact of the matter was, a professional Premier League centre-back should have been able to get something on that when the ball came in. Yeah. I, I, we'll, we'll, we'll go on to the FA Cup shortly, but yeah. one of the best moments for me last night in the uh, Wigan-Man City game was there was a ball down the wing and it was like one minute to go and Kitchen Sink was being thrown at Wigan and it fell to their centre-back and you were like, please just put your foot through it and hoof it as far as it could possibly go, and he did it. Yeah, and it like it didn't go out. It didn't go. So it went so far down the pitch, and you just think if Hoyt does that, yeah, it makes a clean connection with it. Then that game is is different, and you know, yeah, we might have lost five nil. Yeah, but you, you'll never know. But what we definitely didn't do is we didn't help ourselves. No, and th- and then you know, so so we go into halftime having played relatively well but 2-0 down we've been punished by one awful mistake and we've been punished by some pretty sensational attacking play from Liverpool I thought their second goal was, was really really nice team moves very very quick um, and we're going at half time and you just think right well all I want them to do is come back out with a bit of fight and spirit and there was none of that in the second half was it I mean they it was so well awful beat. you left the pub yeah 
Uh, they look they look beat, didn't they? Saints? They look beat. You look beat. I, I think looked by the night more than before beat. Yeah, had. I looked very beat. Um, it was a disappointing game. I think the idea that anyone, I'd love to know the last time Saints were two 0 down, to, uh, you know, in, against a team like Liverpool and came back and got anything. I think they probably just the gave last up. time we were two 0 down. Against it was against Liverpool. It was against Liverpool. But I think we had a slightly different attacking lineup there, didn't we? With Mane and Pella and people like that. Also, we spoke about it at halftime. It's just like we we talked about. You know what are the chances of Saints doing what they did a couple of seasons ago? And there was no chance, non-existent. We're, we're not at that level anymore. We could play that game a hundred times from two nil down at half time, and and not get anything out of it. And I think that's that's again one of the worrying things. Yeah, um, that's but not progress, is it? It's not. It's not. But you know, you can't argue that Caricho is progress on Pelo. You can't argue that. Redmond or, or Buffal is probably progress on Mane. Um, short bursts of brilliance aside. Yeah. So, yeah. Tadic isn't better than Lalana. No. And Pellegrino ain't no Koeman. So, yeah. Or, or Pochettino, I suppose, if we go for his compatriot. Right. So, anyway, that's a little bit depressing. We've gone backwards a bit. We went out to Liverpool, lost 2 0. Could have been worse. First half performance, I thought, was kind of okay. Second half performance, there was, yeah, there was, there was, there was we nothing, made chances. Nothing there, really, in the second half, was we, there? No, I mean, we made chances first half. There was yeah. two Ward Prowse headers. Uh, Hoiberg with a decent chance snapshot yeah. of the back post but it wasn't really dropping for us no. and um, Van Dijk um, who we should probably touch on had probably the easiest game of his professional yeah. life up against the one player that we have in our squad that you would think could really rough him up a little bit and give him a hard time he just you know at the end of the game walked off the pitch just emptied his pocket and yeah, Kiriche fell out um, so that's all a little bit depressing so let's back in the relegation zone Yep. And thank the Golf Crooks is right. <laughs> We're flirting. <Yeah. laughs> Sorry, um, Golf. Anyway, so I mean let's thank the the fixture list uh, fairies for bringing us a nice little bit of relief from that. Um there's nothing like being stuck in the relegation zone than having an FA Cup weekend when you're already out and you're just going to sat there in yep. it stewing. But we're still in the FA Cup. We're in the fifth round of the FA Cup. We're heading to West Brom, the Hawthorns, where we know that traditionally the winner of the fifth round of the FA Cup, if it's between Southampton and West Brom at the Hawthorns, goes on to, to win the FA Cup. So, That's the law. Yeah, I imagine the guy's probably etching our name into the trophy right now. <laughs> I don't know if they'll bother to play the next few rounds, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, great. What a result. Um, fantastic. So we won 2-1. Um, there was brilliant theatre before the game as well with West Brom and all their we don't need to go oh. into it but all their gallivanting just by the way no, with Pardew we should talk about Pardew a little bit because when he was at Saints there was all sorts of rumours none of which we will repeat about on Pardew but he's clearly a guy who likes a, a good time mm. and one of the theories was that you know he brings that good time feel back to the dressing room <laughs> and i love the idea that like they went to barcelona for a midweek break when they had a game on a saturday and barcelona's not even that hot at the moment no. yeah it's not like going to dubai um and i think like we look at our players and yeah they probably do all sorts of stuff but Four of them allegedly nicking a taxi, allegedly under the influence of alcohol. That is phenomenal. I, I don't even know if it's necessarily alleged anymore. <laughs> well, if West Brom's lawyers are watching. Yeah. But it's just such a great story. And like, and then the punishment of, I've not, I've, you know, I'm going to punish these players by playing 
One of them's injured. Yeah. One of them is the substitute goalkeeper. So two of them were ever going to play. So my punishment is those two are going to play and one of them's not going to be captain. Like, hmm, that's not really sending a message. Do you think Pardew was, Pardew was in on it as well? And he just like... There was like, a rumour, isn't there, that he lost his wallet. He lost his wallet well, in his phone. he did lose his wallet, yeah. Yeah, so... I don't know, but I mean, it, it was it, it set up the game to be either a Saints win mm. or the game where West Brom come back and show everyone that actually they are joint as a team. Yeah, I mean they also <laughs> signed, they also sacked their chief executive, didn't they? Yeah, and their um, the chairman. Yeah, the owner sacked them both. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty tough week for for West Brom and Shelby. But I mean, as we know, being Saints fans, that quite often when teams are going through a tough patch, we somehow happen to give them that little bit of a bit of light um give them the yeah. opportunity and let them back into the but i mean west brom they were all their own undoing weren't they so give us a um you know a corner in the first 10 minutes of the game yeah james ward prowse's set pieces like he's he's not really the quiet man of the team anymore so i think more and more saints fans are realizing just how important he is uh we spoke about the last time on the podcast two-thirds of the season he comes comes alive um Mainly because he seems to be playing sort of similar place that Puel played him, but it was a great corner. And I was I was watching it at home, and I remember thinking, "Oh, the ball must have gone out." Like the you know he's he's dipped that corner, curved it so much, yeah. the ball's gone out, or someone's blown up for pushing in the box, and it just kind of stopped. And then you saw Hoyt just teetering by the six yard, bo- like by the and just thwatted it into the back of the button. Yeah, it was brilliant. I mean, it it was astonishing. So just. In case nobody's seen it yet, um, yeah, get onto the Saints website. You can, you can watch the highlights. But I, I've not seen defending from a corner like that at any level no. ever before. Now, I, I live quite close to the Hackney Marshes where there's a lot of very poor quality <laughs> football taking place every weekend, which I walk past. And it's free, people. Regularly. Go and see it. It's amazing. Um, but, you know, when a corner comes in, people kind of tend to mark their man. They might be doing zonal marking. Um, but generally speaking, no matter what happens, there's going to be a lot of people in and around the penalty spot. When James Ward-Prowse took that corner, all of the West Brom defenders ran towards the front post. Well, they ran towards the ball like children. Yeah. And then Hoot was just standing square in front of the middle of the goal. And you can't miss Hoot. He's not 6-4. Yeah, but, but also to say someone's unmarked is a bit of an understatement. Like, you could have swung several dead cats in yeah. the area that he had. He had no one within about five foot of him. It was amazing. Um, yeah, it was a really good finish, good I mean, finish he, as well. He, he took it beautifully. He took it really well. He hit the corner, um, which is weird as well, because I think just with West Brom, when we watch them in the league, they're actually, I don't understand this, they're actually quite good. What I don't understand is they've got two brilliant set piece takers in Brunt in McLean. McLean is fantastic. Saints should be all over McLean if they get the chance, if they go down. Um, they just, they're just really weird. They're, they're really big. They're really strong. And they battered Saints for the yeah. second half. But, the, but to be honest, by then it was kind of already done. And it was a really good, great corner and a great finish from Wesley. More of that sort of thing, please. Yeah, I mean, fantastic. I mean, where would we be without our centre backs? <laughs> I mean, in terms of goals scored, yeah, but I mean, also maybe we would have conceded fewer goals if we had less of our centre backs <laughs> in the team. Um, you know, we, there, there's quite a lot in that first half to be pleased about. I mean, Pierre Hoiberg had another chance at the far post, kind of like he did against Liverpool. Unlucky. Um, there are quite a few, quite a few good performances. I think um, McCarthy is probably worthy of a, oh, of a mention as well. What a player. Uh, and he's really stepped up. And 
Um, it makes you wonder this season where we would be if he'd dropped Forster at the right time, introduced Hoiberg into the team and played Charlie Austin. Yeah. Because those, certainly, obviously, Charlie Austin's injured at the moment, but Hoiberg and McCarthy, and McCarthy's just fantastic. Like, he, he exudes confidence. He, you know, Fraser Forster, I love the guy, but he was, for a big guy, he's not very good at crosses. Mm. Um, shot stopping and his reflexes seem to be off towards the end of his time in the team. And McCarthy has just stepped up. It's interesting because McCarthy is not as big as Forster, yet he does come for a lot more crosses. I mean, you compared Fraser Forster to a vampire with his approach to crosses. crosses. Hates them. (laughs) (laughs) But I think as well, if you'd have said at the start of the season, one of the England goalkeepers, one of the Southampton goalkeepers is in a good chance to go to the World Cup, you probably wouldn't have said it's going to be Alex McCarthy. And there we go. Yeah. Fair play to him. Do you think Gareth Southgate is going to give him a call up? I don't know. Heaton's injured. Yeah. You know, we've got to take three keepers to the World Cup. Say, I mean, McCarthy made some fantastic saves. I mean, one that I'm particularly thinking of was a long-range shot, took a deflection. From Bogodio, um, actually, he's yeah, called. it hit, hit Hoots on the way in. And the direction of the ball totally changed, but he was quick enough to get down and yeah. parry it away. And there was a great moment in that as well. If you if you watch it back, um, you'll see Bertrand, who we'll come on to talk about, who was brilliant, by the way. Bertrand does this, and apologies, it doesn't make any sense if you're just listening, but if you're watching on YouTube, he does this sort of like, like this thing, because he knew... So, that for, so for those of you listening, I'm yeah. just going to describe what Tom's doing he, here. He's kind of clenching his body and kind of pushing his fists forward in a yeah. kind of like... macho man, oh, Randy Savage yeah. kind of like, oh yeah, that's good. Kind of, he's gone a bit alpha, alpha, alpha gorilla. Male, yeah. yeah. But, it was, but I think it's because he knew, as someone who just does nothing but play football, yeah. that that was really important and that was really difficult what he did. And yeah. I think he probably knew that it's moments like that that can define a season and can certainly define a game. And one minute later, what happened? Yeah, we got a goal. We got a goal. Um, which was absolutely lovely. The ball came up. I, I'm trying to think who passed the ball on to Tadic. Can you remember? Uh, it was, so it was, so um, fair play. Redmond uh, came into that team. Oh, yeah. Gets a huge amount of stick. Never stopped working. His, what lets him down is, you know, what stops him being a great footballer is his final decision. Mm. Um, two or three times he had a chance to really hurt West Brom and he didn't quite do it but this was the time he did it was a a very sensible lobbed pass up to Caricho yeah Caricho then big lad for once looked a little bit more composed sees Tadic hoiks it into the centre and what does Tadic do oh he just he he evokes mid nineties earlier early I'm going to say Premier League but actually if we're talking about mid nineties Premiership uh, football here <laughs> and he does the chip I love a good chip you don't I, see I, enough nowadays do you absolutely no you don't see enough good chips but like okay so it wasn't as good as a Cantona chip or a Matthew Letizia or Philippe Albert versus um Peter Schmeichel which of course is one of the greatest goals of all time um, any Saints fans that aren't old enough to remember that. Look up Matthew Letizia's chip goal against Schmeichel, I think in the 6-3. Just wonderful, yeah, wonderful Yeah, destroys stuff. two players before that as well, which is yeah. just another bit of But anyway, Tadic does his chip. It sinks into the goal. Also, it clears the line. It just kind of starts to scrape the back of the, the goal net before it goes in. Yeah. Lovely. It Ab- was great. Absolutely lovely stuff. And, you know, thank the Lord, thank the, the gods of nine, mid-90s chipping football um, because the gods of mid-90s football were, were still at large at the Hawthorns when a couple of minutes later, Salomon Rondon turned into Tony Yeboah. Tony Yeboah slash, it's like Tony Van Basten. Yeah. It was an amazing goal. 
Like they had, but they they to be fair, they came out in the second half and they really went for it. And they are big, big guys, and yeah. they chucked everything at McCarthy. Um, and then you just see this long raking ball over the top, and you're like, oh, he's going to head that back across or chest it. Mm. And then he's like, he just took everyone by surprise. Just, just flash this brilliant shot, and you can always see like people didn't over believe the it. Shoulder volley into the goal like that. It's I don't just, know where you do that. It's just unbelievable. I mean, Salomon Rondon that's probably goal of the fifth round. I mean, not so much in, in importance because in the end it was totally meaningless, but great goal. Second Brilliant one he scored against us this season yeah, so, as well. So there we are. You know, about, for about three minutes, the Hawthorns turned into Tony Aber versus, uh, you know, lesser Letizia kind of with chips and over the shoulder volleys. Yeah. It, it was quite and brilliant to watch. And it was quite, a, it was, a, I thought it was a really, uh, the game, we'll, we'll talk a bit more, but it, it was a really good ab- advertisement for the, for the, for the FA Cup because two teams that maybe don't think they're going to win it still went absolute hell for leather yeah. at each other to try and win. And, um, you know, I have to admit, I do occasionally listen to, other football podcasts. There are other I'm not football podcasts tell, out there. I'm not going to tell people what they are or where they are. Um, but, you know, w- when the fixture list comes out, Saints versus West Brom, the fifth round of the FA Cup, to anyone other than a Saints or West Brom fan, is like groan. But actually, to anyone watching that game would have really, really enjoyed themselves. It, yeah. was, it was a thoroughly good game of football from two teams that really did incredibly poorly in the Premier League. It was back and forth and there were moments of real brilliant skill. Uh, Lamina was... Yeah, just unbelievable bits of skill from what he he's meant to He loves playing against West Brom, He does he? love playing against West Brom. Um, yeah, there was so much to enjoy about the game. And I think um, one of the players that really excelled himself was was Bertrand. Yeah. Um, he, you've spoken before about his intelligence and how he reads the game and how he drives Sampson forward. There's a the moment where he... Um, he clears uh, West Brom, I think it... I don't know who it is. He takes this sort of looping shot and it, it's going to go in. And... You could see, like, it's going in, and everyone thinks it's going in, but Bertrand has just snuck in at the back post. And you see it from another angle on Match of the Day, where he's seen that the ball is not being cleared. Mm. And rather than run towards the ball or find a man, he knows the only place that ball can go in is that part of the goal. And he runs where, where there. McCarthy's where, not there. where McCarthy's not there. And it's it, brilliant. Like, his intelligence and his reading of the game. Um, I know you can, like, people think he's a bit moody, a bit sulky, but he is a top, top player. He, I think, he, in a way, he's kind of, it seems to be like relishing being the Saints captain at the moment. A long way it continue. Yeah. I, I mean, it's really great to see, and, and probably you'd say in the summer, he is the, maybe the, the player who's most likely to be kind of on his way up because he's the player which stands out as being the one that is better you know best quality. he could quite seamlessly go into a top six club i mean he's already oh, yeah. won the champions i mean League you thought he'd go to I, i'm amazed that um you know we, we watched um mass city last night and they had daniel left back uh delf like you, you do you do wonder like some, some things are so obvious mm. you think like you know they wouldn't have had to spend the 50 odd million pounds that they spent on daniel on bertrand would they like they probably could have got bertrand from saints for 30 odd million I and mean, everyone would have been happy who, who knows though? I mean, maybe Saints just said, oh no, we can't be selling Van Dyke and Bertrand in the same way. Yeah, window. you're probably right. And, um, you're probably right. You know. um, anyway, so we, we then go into the hat for the quarterfinal draw. Now, what I've really disliked about the quarterfinal draw, I mean, I love the fact that Saints are in it, so you know, I'm not going to complain about it too much. Why was the draw on Saturday? Why wasn't it like on Sunday or Monday? Uh, Bay and I told me it was on the one show. Is this true? I, th- I think that may have been the yeah maybe maybe the previous one. But, Why is it on a Saturday? But, but, Why when not everyone's played? 
Yeah, it, it seems bizarre. Stop and, tinkering with things. And you can imagine that when Wigan and Man City saw that they'd been drawn at home to Saints, they were probably going into their game last night, their fifth round game, just thinking, well, it's pointless. You know, we're, we're going to be playing against Saints. They've they've won in the fifth round of the FA Cup at, at gonna, Hawthorne. Get, there's no way we can they're, they're gonna win the defeat cup. them. Yeah, uh, um, it was a there's a lot wrong with having it. I, I don't know why they tinker with things. I know this makes me sound like a really old man, but like, and there's, a lot, there's lots of talk about the FA Cup losing its magic and what we can do to revitalise it. And there's a brilliant piece by Jonathan Liu in The Independent, if you've not read it, about the FA Cup. It's fantastic. Best bit of football writing you'll read this week. Um, the FA Cup's not lost its magic at all. The, the matches, anyone who watched Rochdale Spurs, anyone who watched Saints West Brom, anyone who watched last night, Wigan Man City, you tell me that's lost its magic. You are absolutely insane. What's lost its magic is the bit that the bureaucrats have control over. And it's things like that. <laughs> That's what's lost its magic. And it's uh, why? Anyway, totally bizarre. Um, to be honest, when Man City Wigan came out of the hat, so, I mean, obviously we're recording this on a Tuesday night rather than a Monday night so that we would know the outcome of the uh, Wigan Man City draw. I mean, we could... What a relief! Because basically, we could have quite easily <laughs> last night gone and thought, "Should we wait for the wait for this game to finish?" Nah, I mean, well, obviously, we know Man City going to win it, so let's just like talk as though we're going to get Man City in the course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bloody hell! <laughs> we'd have been we'd have been like overdubbing it. Yeah, um, we'll agree. We we didn't do that because astonishingly, Wigan have uh, defeated Manchester City. It's brilliant for football and it's brilliant for Saints. I am absolutely <laughs> delighted about this result. So I'm not approaching the quarterfinals in this kind of like arrogant, oh, well, Wigan are from League One. You know, who are they? Of course, we can steamroll them. But I look at Manchester City and I go, all of their players, position for position, perhaps maybe with the exception of left back, are better than yes. the, the Southampton first team. Completely agree. Um, I think their players want it more than the Southampton players. Uh, I think they they believe in their destiny yeah. probably more than our players do. Um, and I think their manager maybe has a little bit of a tactical um, advantage tiny, over, over Pellegrino. A tiny he, one. He, he seems to be quite fairly decent. Fairly he, adept. He, yeah. Um, whereas with Wigan, okay, so I think Wigan will want it more. Yep. I think arguably their manager, who knows, I don't know enough about their manager. manager. Is he ex-Pompey? Yeah. Okay, well, he's clearly no... You know, no friend of the podcast. Exactly. Um, but, you know, we do have better quality players than them. Yeah, and you think as well that... Um, so so we have a chance. We have, yeah. a, good, we have a good chance well, of getting through to the semi-final. Against, like, let's face it, if we'd have gone to the Etihad, uh, we'd have had zero chance. Mm. Like, statistically, we might have had, I don't know, like an 11% chance of getting through. Like at Wigan, yes, they're going to be super pumped. Yes, they're going to be really up for it. Um, I don't, I feel, and what's great about it is either we win, fantastic, or we can win. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Like, you know, like, fantastic. Like, and if Wigan win and they, you know, they can, and Leicester could beat Chelsea, then Wigan have got Leicester. Yeah. You know, or if, if Wigan win and, you know, and Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield Wednesday, or Swansea, beat Swansea, Swansea beats, Rochdale, beat Tottenham. You know, like, who knows? <laughs> and it, it's great. And I, I, it's good for football. And, I, you know, I think... Um, well as, done, uh, Wigan, as well. At, at Saints fans, you know, we need to exercise some Wembley ghosts. So the last time we went to Wembley on Boxing Day was 
horrific. Scored twice. Those players, <laughs> we scored twice in the last two visits to Wembley. It hasn't helped us. Yeah, yeah it's true, actually. Um, Gosh, stop conceding all the goals. Well, actually, I, I'm going to retract that statement. In the game against Man United in the EFL Cup final, we scored three legis- yes. legitimate goals. Um, anyway, I am so excited about the FA Cup. I love the FA Cup. I know the season that we got relegated from the Premier League. We also got to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. But... You know what? Screw all of you. I'm excited about the We're FA Cup. We're pumped. I've not been excited about much this season. I've got to admit the football has been pretty turgid, yep. um, fairly uninspiring. There's been a few kind of nice moments that we've really tried to pick out and, and highlight on this podcast. But the FA Cup is a genuine sense of excitement and relief and distraction from the terrible, terrible position yep. that we're in in the Premier League. It's a distraction, but it's also really important. We need to get, they need to get the confidence up. They need to feel they can win and they need to feel they can hold games. Isn't it the oldest footballing competition in the world? Yes. And it's great. And everyone in the world, all of our players, no matter whether they're from Morocco or from Spain or wherever, they would have grown up knowing about the FA Cup. And just, we need to do what we did against West Brom, which is we need to be able to batten down the hatches and when teams are battering us, not concede. And that's what we did. And we, you know, we're going to Burnley on, on Saturday. That's, they're going to try and batter us exactly like West Brom did physically. We've got Stoke coming up. They're going to do the same thing. And like the footballers, like everyone in life, I imagine, do not exist in isolation. Mm. You know, they do not compartmentalize. I imagine the FA Cup and the Premier League. They play, I imagine, as a unit. They win as a unit and a win is a win. So. Good, bring it. You know, good. Bring on the confidence. Bring on Burnley on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. I I think for momentum, it's so important. And it's not like you know, it's not like we're in deep in the Europa League or the Champions League. Um, we haven't we we got knocked out at the first opportunity in the EFL Cup. So why not? You know, give the FA Cup a good go. It has the pressure off because a loss doesn't leave you necessarily any kind of any worse off than you were before. And I think the players have enjoyed playing in the FA Cup this season. I, I think they've done yeah. pretty well. And the, and the great thing is, is this is a sad thing to say, but they're now not going to play any FA Cup games away uh, at St Mary's. Where, you know, I think it's not a particularly original thought, but maybe the pressure and the negativity and the, and the atmosphere around St Mary's is getting to some of the players. Um, now they can be unencumbered by that. And, you know, they can go to Wigan. If they win, amazing, they're at Wembley and anything can happen. So, well done. So, I think a, a trip to Wigan is on the cards. Um, we're going we're gonna to do that. I mean, where is Wigan, Tom? Is it, it's north of Watford. North of Watford. Okay. It's that bit, you know, when you're on the M1, it says the north. Yeah. It's somewhere there. there. Okay. Just get your compass for that. And how, how many hours north? It's far. Far, okay. But let's go. Let's have let's a day go. out. Let's have fun. Let's get behind the team. And let's win. Let's, let's try and win it. Yes. Oh, it'd be so be exciting. Um, but let's not get arrogant because Wigan have already knocked out Manchester City, West Ham United and Bournemouth. Bournemouth. And, and, but again, if we lose, yes, we'll be gutted. But a, a thoroughly likeable team, seemingly side. full of thoroughly likeable individuals go through. Whereas if, if we lost against Man Will City, Grigg, who is including Will is literally on fire. <laughs> but, like, but isn't that much more nice than seeing Man City go through 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I'm delighted. I mean, the way we've talked about the FA Cup, I mean, maybe it's because the way Saints' season has gone, but it almost sounds like we're sponsored by the FA Cup, but we're we're not not sponsored by the FA Cup. (laughs) However... If they'd like to. We have found... Well, yeah, I mean, yes. Sponsor us the FA Cup. Let's have a couple of final tickets to give away. (laughs) That'd be great. Um, But we have got... A form of sponsorship with is, our friends is, at Beer 52. This is happening. I'm checking so this out is, This is real life. So, it's Tom, right. you've been chatting away about the Saints, but you've also been trying to order yourself a free box of beer. How are you getting on with that? I'm good. I'm going for the light and hoppy selection. Um, yeah. So, £24 off this order. Um, yeah. I don't want to be like Garth Algar in Wayne's World, where he sponsored Head to Toe by Reebok. But this is a great offer, guys. <laughs> Um, so just to remind you, if you head to www.beer52.com forward slash saints, you can get a free case of beer free. Um, the beer is free. The delivery is not free. So you do have to pay £5.95 for but the delivery. That's, that's nothing, is it? That's reasonable, isn't it's it? It saves so you a trip to the shops. Um, and, you know, it's a monthly craft beer discovery club, searching out incredible and exclusive small batch craft beers from the world's greatest brewers and bringing them back to their members. For light and hoppy IPAs to dark porters and stouts, you can tailor the box to your personal preferences. What's your personal preference? So, uh, I mean, you've gone for light and hoppy, so that means you're not a stout man? I can't handle any sort of... Um, this is a real brave adventure for me because I don't generally do interesting beers or do anything interesting, really. Uh, so this is a real uh, adventure. But I'm looking forward to it. And I get a snack and I get a magazine. Um, also, Tom, you'll be relieved to hear that there's no minimum commitment. If the club is not for you, you can pause or cancel any time. And um, it's the opposite 52, to a football club. Yeah, they pride themselves on their five-star rated customer service, Trustpilot. Um, so anyway, if you want to get a free box of beer like Tom is getting for himself right now, head to www.beer52.com forward slash saints. Saints of Sea podcast listeners, don't say we don't look after you. We're getting every single one of you a free box of beer. And this is your food group, this is your snack group, and your magazine group. It's all <laughs> your basic food groups covered. I'm in, I've got my beer. Thank you. Yeah. So beer52.com forward slash saints. You should know how to spell saints. I'm not going to spell that out for you. But it's, yeah, beer, spelled like how you'd expect beer. The number 52.com forward slash saints. Free beer. Tom takes a sip of his last glass of red wine on the Saints of Sea podcast. I can't wait for my snacks. (laughs) Um, So let's move on from beer to Burnley. Oh, alliteration. Yeah. Um, So this is our next Premier League game. It is at the weekend. What do we think is going to happen, Tom? I was at the the game at St. Mary's earlier this season where Burnley, um, we were all over them. And it was kind of the, I think it was kind of the early days before we kind of realized what was maybe going to happen under our current regime, yeah. where I think we just, I think it was kind of one of the most telling signs where it was like, oh Christ, we're going to, we're going to really struggle to score. And then teams are just going to learn and then they're going to batter us. And they out, they burned us, you know, they brought Sam Vokes on, he caused chaos. Um, and that was that, um, What's going to happen? They've got a lot of players injured. I'm, I'm trying to find the optimism, as I always do. They've got a lot of players injured, um, which is something to be positive about. We've got a few. Their form is appalling as well at the moment. Their form is Saints-esque, isn't it? Mm. They're one in seven, I think. Um, they're still seventh in the league. So 
chapeau for that. But um, but don't you think Burnley are kind of in the form that Saints were last season, where we finished the season in eighth, despite probably not really yeah. deserving eighth. Like we kept on losing games, drawing games that we should have won, yet we somehow ended up in eighth. And Burnley basically had such a brilliant start to the season um, that they're falling away quite badly. Yeah. Yet, you know, they had enough of a buffer that, but they're, that, that they're still up there. Yeah, if you look, I mean, the, the games, they've, they've lost points against Swansea, which actually turns out to be no great, uh, no great disappointment. They held Man City, you know, I mean, it's, they're, but they're on a kind of long-term negativity. Uh, they don't score any goals, uh, which I mean, something I'm going to regret saying <laughs> uh, now, uh, but they don't, you know, generally they score one goal. Um, I don't think they've scored more than one goal in the league this year. Um, they, yeah. So uh, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Um, we owe them one. Yeah. Is what I would say we genuinely do. Um, let's take the positivity from West Brom. Let's keep a settled team. Lamina, Romeo, Hoy. Was, wasn't Romeo dropped for West Brom? But I think for the, like, we've got to take it to an away game. Haven't we? yeah. We've got to like try and, yeah, cause they, we know they're going to try and outmuscle us in the middle of the park. You know, it's, I mean, it's who gonna, knows? The key is going to be defending from those big, the big man, the, the crosses, yeah. isn't it? Um, and Stevens, as we know, is not no. the best, but, and but they, I, I think they're going to have Chris Woods back, which always scares me a little bit. I do think we can take some heart in the fact that Burnley have not won a fixture this calendar year. Yes. So in the whole of 2018. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Why did I just Why say that? Um, anyway, so Burnley, very, very tough place to go. I know you love my uh, XG stats, Tom. So oh, tell just, me about your XG stats, just please. Thought I would, Get uh, me hot. I'll bring this one out for you. So Burnley this season have scored 21 goals. I think this is in real life. How many goals have we scored? Uh, Southampton scored 28 massively inflated by yeah uh, Burnley have scored 21 which is the second fewest in the whole league so they're joint with West Bromwich Albion in terms of goals scored um, and Swansea the only team that has scored less than them so the whole reason I'm going to bring out the XG is because if Burnley you know took the chances that they're expected to um, then where would they be in the league table? Have a guess. Uh, well, they're seventh now. Yeah. So if they took the chance to expect to, I would say uh, they've scored fewer goals. They've scored barely any goals, so they can't surely... Uh, I've no idea. Seventh? They would be bottom of the table. So, d- again, I, I never understand this. So does that mean they're scoring chances that they shouldn't they, they score? They shouldn't be scoring, yeah. Right, okay. So basically, Burnley has scored a lot more goals than you would expect. But interestingly, the XG against, and this probably tells you about the quality of the goalkeeper that they have, um, if the teams playing against them had taken the chances that they should have done, Burnley would have conceded another 14 goals this season. Which is them down in the crappy crap. Yeah, well, that's them bottom of the table. But we kind of battered them at St Mary's, and Pope was just very good. We didn't really... I mean, that's a, that is the case that proves the point, really. Yeah. Um, and also, Heaton is 
is now back. Um, so obviously Heaton was the goalkeeper for yeah. Pope. Pope now will be looking over his shoulder, going, "Crumbs, that's the you know that's yeah. the guy, that's the team captain. I need to really raise my game." Mm. So I don't know. I guess that's a good thing for Burnley. Competition is good. Yeah, I mean, essentially what I'm trying to say is that Burnley, in terms of the footballing prowess, in terms of the chances created, in terms of the fact that we should get enough chances against them to win the game, they probably won't get that many chances against us. So far this season, they've been good at taking their chances and good at defending the chances they're conceding. We just need the game to go kind of as it should in the XG Mm. world, and then we should win. As long as everything goes XG. So where are we, by the way, in your fancy XG land? We're seventh, aren't we? Um, Let's have a look. One, two, three, four. No, we're down to 10th now. Down to 10th now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we Burnley have a lot of injuries. I would take 10th at this point. Oh, I was God. just going to put that out there. It's a dream. Uh, Burnley have a lot of injuries, as I understand it. So um, tar- they're talking about Tarkowski maybe being out. They're so Woods we, being we've out. talked very, very positively about Saints versus Burnley. What's the score going to be, Tom? One all. One all. Yeah. I'm going to go 1-0 Burnley. I'm desperately trying to like clutch at the straws and I think we should be able to win, but I just don't expect we will. Yeah, I mean, they've they've not a few of the really good players, like the quality, like Defer and people like that are out, but they they seem to just have these players that just pop out of nowhere and and damage teams um, like Barnes and people like that. So, yeah, who knows? I mean, I hope that Caricho gets another start I think we need to have a settled first eleven. Um, and yeah, he just needs a goal, doesn't he? I, I don't feel as bad about him as um, maybe I feel when I watch him. Because when I watch him, I feel very worried. <laughs> I, see, the thing is with him, I think when you make a, a big money, big name signing, you expect the person to come in and start banging the goals in immediately. I don't think that's what he's been brought in to did do. Did Pella score goals immediately? Didn't, did he? Um, I think I was there when he scored his first goal for Saints, which was against West Ham United. At yes, Park. it was. Yeah. But right he took a few goal. Go- he took a few chances, he didn't did, he? Yeah, it did take him a little while to get going, but I don't, I don't know. I think with Carice, he's, He's there to do a job. He's there to be the big man. He's there to hold up the play and draw the rest of the Saints team towards him. So mm. Saints are not quick enough when they're breaking on the counter-attack. So having a big man up there, he can take the ball, take it down, hold it up and give our lumbering um, midfield, yeah, yeah. midfield a chance to, I, to catch up. And I guess it's this bringing the, the fullbacks more into the play, isn't it? Because the challenge we've had is we've punted the ball up and without, and until we had Charlie Austin, we just kind of, it just came straight back to us. Whereas with this way, maybe we can hold the ball mm. up, get runners in, and then, you know, he can turn and, and yeah. be that fox in the six yard box. Anyway, so, so there we go. So Burnley away. Um, then we have Stoke City at home. Doesn't get any bigger than that. That is massive, isn't it? So huge. From these two games, Tom, in terms of Southampton surviving relegation, what do we need? I, th- I think. Is this another four points from we, the two games? There is, we cannot take anything less from our next five league games, and that which is what Burnley, Stoke, Newcastle, Swansea and West Ham. Well, they, the Swansea one may fall out of that because of the... Oh, uh, yeah, because they have a cup. But say, of those four games, uh, we need to take three points. I mean, like this is melodramatic, but you need to take three points from every single one. Like We can't drop any points. So you genuinely think to survive, we need to take 12 from the next 12? Yeah. 
because if we don't, because if you think about it, because this isn't like playing Man United or mm. playing Arsenal or Spurs. If we don't take points, Someone either they've taken them off us or we both get one point, which doesn't help anyone. Yeah. So like these are games where like we can put other teams down or not, if not down, we can, we can severely basically we're, we're in a big around. pile of, Bodies kind of scrambling to get out of something, and this is a chance to step on yeah. someone's face and yeah, um, escape to safety. We're in control. We're in, you know, in a horrible one positive way. Of spin on it is we are in control of our destiny. Yeah, we just need to win these games. Yeah, praise so, we do. Yeah, you think we're going to draw against Burnley? I think we're going to lose, and then we've got Stoke at home, and you think we're going to? I think we're going to win Stoke, beat Stoke. Yeah, and we need to win at St Mary's. I think if they it could go feral, yeah. But I think, but the, I think we should all fight. I think we, the Saints fans, the FA Cup. I hope has galvanised us, and I think we do need to be positive. Liverpool aside, it's actually we're on a pretty decent run yeah. of form, and everything that the, the people hated about the manager, where we didn't have a settled eleven, where his substitutions seemed to make no sense, he's kind of he's turning that around. So, like, we need to, you know... It's, I mean, little by little, it's not as quickly as, as no, we would hope. but this is the manager we've got, yeah. and this is the team we have, and we can never change the team we have, so we need to get behind them. And yeah. that's the end of it. And, you know, whether you're travelling to Burnley or, or heading down to St Mary's for the game against Stoke, all of it's going to taste better with your, your free box of beer from beer52.com. Indeed, yeah. Uh, it's going to be some lovely craft out, some hoppy ones for me yeah. and my snacks and my magazine. Um, God, I really hope we don't see Peter Crouch scoring again. I mean, as much as I love the guy, I just... I'm also scared about the guy they had that used to play for West Brom. Because um, he, his name escapes me, but he is on like a comically bad run of form. The oh, guy that was a little... Saido Berino. Berino, yeah, who's clearly a bit of a dick. Um but like he's on like a comically bad run of form that one of those runs of form that always ends with that player scoring against Southampton. So fingers crossed it doesn't happen. Right. Anyway, we've reached the end of our recording, Tom. We had a poll out on Twitter earlier before when we were recording, um, which was the um, the kind of the, the hypothetical question of if you could make a deal with the devil. And you could have Saints finish within the relegation zone but win the FA Cup or finish 17th and not win the FA Cup, so basically survive relegation. Or I even put in the option there, um, relegated and lose to Wigan. For the real masochists out there. <laughs> I, mean, I think that one was really just to kind of give the, the Pompey fans something to, yeah. to click on. So That's to, also to like, a test, that's like yeah. a test one, see if anyone's actually looking at the options. Yeah, so I mean, 17% chose that they would like to see us get relegated and lose to Wigan. Interesting. I'd love mean, to meet you guys. In a I'm astonished that. that we have that many people that support Portsmouth on, our, about, uh, on our podcast. We 109 uh, votes, so that yeah. means... Um, seventeen point zero three percent of people voted. Seventeen point three people. I think that means there's voted eighteen for that. people. Yeah, it's weird. So eighteen people, I think that perhaps are listening to this support points. Can you get in touch and tell us why, why you think that's a good option? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, "Oh, if you're listening and you support Portsmouth Football Club, then fuck you." No, don't get no. We don't want. We don't want any violence here. Um. But, so, I mean, from the remaining there, I mean, it's 52% 17th. 
surviving relegation, and only 31% want us to win the FA Cup. I don't and, get it, John. Well, I mean, we've had the two Jasons explain their reasons. I understand that. Perhaps that's the point, is that Saints is no longer a club that is just for people who've grown up, you know, in and around Hampshire, Southampton. I mean, I grew up in Bath. You grew up in... I grew up in Surrey. In Surrey. Maybe a lot of people don't remember us being crap, so they can't really process this period that they're, they're, they're watching. Yeah. I mean... Perhaps it's representative of the the people that are on Twitter. Yeah, younger people who are more who believe kind of instant success. I think that um, I said this to you before we we started recording that maybe it's it's a younger demographic who believes that there is no life outside the Premier League, and that because of the ubiquity and because mm. of the like the mass effect of the Premier League, they can't almost like it's almost like once you're out of the Premier League, football doesn't exist, and we know it does. Yeah, you know, it's actually pretty good. Good fun. Um, yeah, maybe there's an element of that. Yeah, I cycled past uh, Colchester's Community Stadium the other day when I was uh, going out on a bike ride up in um, kind of Essex, Suffolk borders. I suppose that is. Yeah, that's a place that I travelled to with Saints in League One. We won, I think, two nil perhaps, but. They they were good times, you know. There were lots of places that I went to, and I've never, always get never been to since. Always you get can, a ticket. You can always get a ticket. You can always go to a pub. It's always good laugh. But I tell you what, the one option I didn't have in that poll there is Saints survive relegation and win the FA Cup, and I think that would satisfy everyone. If there's anyone who's not satisfied by that, again, please get in touch. Well, probably to... the seventeen percent. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Relegated and lose it's to win. Very unusual. Anyway, I think that's enough for us from the Saints FC podcast. Thank you once again for downloading, listening, subscribing. Um, do please share this with as many of your Saints FC supporting friends and family. Um, obviously, show them how to download a podcasting app or get them to use the, the podcasting app on their iPhone. Um, obviously, if they don't have a smartphone, you can get them onto our web um, site or you can get them onto YouTube, I suppose, if you're going to watch us you know drinking our last bottle of wine before yeah. um our sponsorship from beer52.com and kicks in do you visit the nice people from beer52 because this is a really good offer and well basically show them saints fans love booze it, it's kind of like a celebration so we celebrated our first birthday last time you and i got together and now to celebrate the first birthday with all of you listeners Get your free box of beer, beer52.com forward slash saints. All the information's there. There's no obligation, but you might as well get the box, try it out, see if you like it. If you don't like it, cancel the subscription and you've had eight free beers and jobs are good. And Why not? Yeah. Life's for a living. Anyway, do get in contact, saintsfcpodcast at gmail.com, at saintsfcpodcast on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening. I've been John Bailey. Cheerio. I'm Tom Parker. Good night. Bye. <laughs>